Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Welcome to episode number one zero four of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com/slash/sheck. S H E K. Another week of NFL football action is in the books. Here to break it down with me, as always, the man seated to my immediate right from NFL.com and from NFL Fantasy Live, it's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Boy, oh, boy. Lots going on. You know, here's the sad thing. Mm -hmm. The football season's already halfway done. Oh, don't think of it. The regular season's already halfway done. We still have playoff football to get ready for. And boy, some people riding so high. Colts fans, wonderful story, wonderful thing with Pagano in the locker room. And, uh, and you know, great news with uh, with his leukemia and remission. Of course, the Steelers turn around, whereas three or four weeks ago, people were ready to, were in fact throwing dirt on them. Mm-hmm. Well, not in fact, but it, figuratively. I think they were throwing right. dirt on the Steelers. Not, not literally. And now people are high on them. People are wringing their hands. What's going on with the Giants? Settle down, everybody. Do you remember last year they were 6-6? Six and six. How did things end up for them? Anyway... Feast and famine, depends what team you root for, let's yap about it, and we'll start it off. By the way, we have Handsome Hank back from London now, we'll get him in here in a little while, we'll get the Around the League guys, Sean Phillips of the San Diego Chargers, but right now, a former San Diego Charger, and a man who joins us for a segment that is that really people have enjoyed quite a bit, I think we've done it twice so far, now it's time for round three, it's Inside Out. With Akbar Bajabiamila. Nice. You got it down packed. I know I got yeah, it down. Yeah. Two shows and you're done. <laughs> I've always resented when people do that bit on the when when broadcasters do that bit, like, oh yeah, good luck saying that name twice. And Dominic and Sue, like, well, yeah, it's kind of your job. Isn't it embarrassing if you don't know how to say somebody's name? <laughs> that is right. Yeah, the cackle. Anyway, so how are we, Akbar? I am doing great. Um, you know, I, I'm in the middle of a, a campaign right now going up against Adam Rank and uh you know, I'm just finishing the last leg of my trail. So I heard tale of this hokum. What is going on? So well, you're running for president of fantasy. Of fantasy. And Rank Let's is running this. for fantasy. Yeah, and on his ticket, he has Jamie Maggio. And uh, on my ticket, I have uh, the the great 
Elliot Harrison. Oh, so by the way you just described that, Jamie Maggio is not it's great. not great. Oh, I see oh, how it is. Interesting. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying. All Has- right. Hashtag. Or is it, well, <laughs> on, 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 the, on the football field is hash mark, so hash hashtag, mark. <laughs> usually, hashtag yeah. Akbar doesn't like Jamie. Okay, I enough. am not, yeah, I was just going to wow. say Akbar. I'm no, uh, I'm no Twitter expert, but I'm pretty sure you can't just say hashtag. I think you have to follow the hashtag with something. Oh, hashtag, I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> something, yeah, I'm okay, just saying. Okay, okay. That, that could be fun. Now, Akbar, by the way, when is the third party candidate going to step up here? Michael Fabiano, he must be outraged by this. Yeah, Why well, is he not even a nominee for? He I is the fantasy guru of NFL.com. Well, well, early, early during during our race, he, he just got pushed out. I mean, he, he did. Felt, huh? Yeah, he was kind of a, his in his own independent party. So, whose uh, primary did he lose in? He's like Michelle Bachman, in other words. <laughs> he got right. run out. Right. All right. It's crazy because he's the most over guy in our show. By the way, so it is election day at the time of this recording. Yesterday, Monday night, we watched uh, Michael Vick. Is that his last go round? And let me explain what Inside Out is. Rank and I are football fans. We are the voice of football fans. This is what we do. My credibility comes from me having watched football for many, many moons with great and perhaps disturbing levels of passion. But I don't know what goes on in the locker room. I'm not in the locker room. I don't I'm not I'm not out there with you on the planes flying across. That's what that's what we bring you in for. Sure. To tell mm-hmm. us what's going on behind the scenes and what we perceive to be the case, whether or not it's a reality or if it's fiction. So that's why we bring in Michael Vick. Let's start with his brother tweets out oh boy. during the game. This is the offensive line's fault. Andy Reid is taking a lot of shots right now. The defense is rubbish. Whose fault? And by the way, I floated last week. You know who never gets the blame? Those wide receivers. I think a little overhyped Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. Neither is a legit number one. So who's to blame here? Is it the offensive line? Is it Mike Vick? Tell us, Akbar. Well, first off, let me address the Marcus Vick situation. I, I played a little bit with Marcus Vick in Miami. He was there for a little bit. And we were there in 2007 when Cam Cameron came over. And here's a guy that was very talented, uh, could play a little receiver, play a little uh, quarterback. Um, but, you know, he was evolving as a quarterback, excuse me, as a wide receiver. And Cam Cameron had a plan for him. Um, and he says, look, I want you to be, even though you're a receiver, I want you to come to every single quarterback coaches, uh, excuse me, quarterback meeting. Well, he decides one morning, I'm not going to a quarterback because I'm a receiver. <laughs> the head coach has asked you to come to a quarterback because he's got a little package plan that he's going to build around you. He decides he's, he doesn't come. Cam Cameron cuts him. That's the end of his football career because he decides he doesn't want to. So when a guy like that starts sending out tweets on whose fault it is and, you know, protect my brother and all that, yeah, yeah, I get it. That's your brother playing, but uh, you just have no business, you know, tweeting out some of the stuff that he was tweeting out. All right, I got it. I got it. But what about this offensive line, Jim? All right. Because here's an overarching point. Obviously, Michael Vick is a different type of quarterback than – a Brandon Whedon off the top of my head. He now sticks out in my head as the guy who's, you know, that 6'6 guy who can't move in the pocket. In general, who's, you know, the offensive line, do you put that on a guy uh, on the O-line or do you put it on Mike Vick and his inability to... No, you it's know, not, deal it's with not, the reality of not, the, not it, playing it, behind a shot. It's anyway. not. It's not his inability. It's the fact that he played virtually without an offensive line. The last person I saw to be successful without an offensive line, and look, there's been a long time since he's played, is Barry Sanders. Um, Michael Vick has doing something that I mean, a lot of quarterbacks would just be absolutely afraid of. You mean to tell me that you got pressures coming from the weak side, the strong side, and you have nobody to protect you? Just imagine if I were to walk around you every single day 
and I would have punched you right in your face every time I saw you. That's what happened. You, <laughs> every you day. Would, you would be nervous every time you saw me. And same thing for Michael Vick. Which I am. He's sitting there in the pocket, well, whatever pocket he does have for however long it lasts, for half of a second, and he's got to figure out, he's got to make these quick decisions. Here's the progression for a quarterback. He's got to be able to get up there. He's got to be able to survey the field and see, okay, this is what coverage they're in. Okay, we're going to check to this play. There's an opening. It looks like this guy is going to bring in a blitz. I know I should have about a half a second because I know my guy's going to block. And all of a sudden, by the time you get into your second and a half step, you've got a defender or two or three in front of you. So everything breaks down. The other part of the blame has to go to, I, I believe, the uh, offensive coordinator. I always mess up his name. See, this is supposed to be my job, right? You just said that. Mm. Marty Mortonwig, who's calling a lot of these deep plays. I mean, they're going deep every time, it seems like. They dropped back last night 41 times. 41 times. I think part of that, maybe about 10 to 15 of those snaps should go towards LaShawn McCoy, getting him into an, a, a groove. They got him early in the first half. The second half, he totally disappeared. Why would you go away from that? That puts a tremendous amount of pressure on on the quarterback. It puts a lot of pressure and then too on the offensive line. Look, if the offensive line is not going to block and pass protect, maybe see if they can get a little dirty and get off the ball. And that's what coaches like to do. They like to run the ball because it sets the tempo and the mindset of the offensive line and they're not running a lot of the ball. They're getting into pass protect. Pass protect is different from run blocking. Well, there was a play at the end of the uh, – it was in the second half. They were near the, the goal line, the Eagles. Empty backfield. Yep. They call so obviously they have five guys blocking. The Saints are showing a blitz. There's a guy on the end yep. who comes around offensive left side. Yes, yep. comes around untouched. The tackle goes inside for a guy. Whose fault is that? Yeah, it, it is. It, that is the the offensive tackle. Now, also, it, it it goes both ways. It's supposed to be Mike Vick. Mike Vick is supposed to see that that he knows he's got a hot read, and whoever that hot read and that side adjustment, him and the wide receiver has got to see that, and it's got to come out fast. But you don't anticipate that that blitz is going to come. Unpro- I mean, he didn't even get touched. And what the offensive lineman is supposed to do, he's supposed to help on the inside and then come out to the outside blitzer. He doesn't even put a hand on him. He doesn't buy time. You only need a fraction of a second to buy that time for Mike Vick. And by that time, Michael Vick said, man, this dude is on me way too fast. I got to go. I can't, even, I can't even get into my hot read because it takes time. It takes about maybe about a, a second to get into the full motion to throw that ball. He couldn't even do it. And he's coming into, but he's coming into Vick's line of sight. Yes, absolutely. Because a left-handed quarterback. Absolutely. So he's coming right. So that was the offensive left side, and he's coming right into his face. So there's nothing. So that, that's both on the offensive lineman and uh, Mike Vick because he's got to see that a little faster. Next question for you is, and by the way, it's Mar- it's Marty Morningweg. Morningweg. I, I, I'm quest- I, it's interesting to me that Andy Reid says going into last week that there were there was no controversy among the coaching staff. Everybody on the coaching staff said that they should go Foles, but Andy Reid supposedly said no, we're going Vic. Reid says no, that's all hokum. That's right. n- that's not the case. How often does the head coach go against the wishes? Of the coaching staff, if more, if if the OC in most situations says, "Here's what I think, head coach." How often? What percentage of time do you think that the head man says, "All right, I defer to you. It's your you're, you're coordinating not, that side of the ball." You know, not not often. You're not going to see that. Usually, the head coach wants his stamp on it because at the end of the day, if his stamp isn't on it, 
then he's going to get all the blame. If you let the offensive coordinator choose what your personnel decision is going to be or who's going to play, then he's going to get the blame. He's like, well, the offensive coordinator said he wanted him in. No, True. Andy Reid knows point. exactly what he wants. Nick Foles has never been in the conversation, and I believe him when he says that, that he's not been in the conversation. A player like Michael Vick, you keep him playing. He's got the experience. He still has the tool. He's still an explosive player. Let's not forget, I mean, it's not like he just had a crap, crap night. They lost the game. You know, from you know, you know, you get two different types of fans. You get the fantasy fans, and then you get your fans who who are just concerned about where where Michael Vick and, and the Philadelphia Eagles are gonna play. He didn't have a crap night as much as he did. He was just being abused. And so I think mechanically you gotta look at that and I see it differently. You know, fans look at oh, you know, they couldn't get the ball out, they couldn't get any offensive production or whatever. But Michael Vick was still going through and here's another thing I like about Vick. Vick never ever throws his guys under the bus. He's not throwing his guys under the bus. He had every right. No, he's overthrowing them. He, well, I, 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 I know. Listen, I, I make that's a because joke. He's scared. I crack wise, but yeah. he did. I mean, he sails some balls. I mean, he really throws the ball fifteen feet over his receivers' would, heads would, a lot of the time. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you sell the ball? If I don't you know. Feel, but let if me. If you feel pressure on your backside, yeah, I'll be like trying to get the ball out too. The thing with Damashek is the reason I'm not in the NFL is because I only throw a fastball. That's yeah. the thing. The, the coaches <laughs> tried to tell me like, no, you got to learn touch on the pass. You can't throw. That heater all the time. I, I don't know. I, you know what? That's all I can do. Fastballs. Fastballs more fast. That's, that's, my that's problem. why you're not a quarterback. That's why. I just couldn't learn yeah. touch. So I'm the wrong person to ask about that. But, um, yeah. Oh, and to correct you earlier. The last guy to succeed behind a lousy offensive line? Yeah. How about Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger? How about those two guys? Those two guys have spent the last part of the half, or have spent at least the last last half decade thriving behind crummy offensive lines. I'm going to still stick with uh, with Barry Sanders. Speaking of which, you know, here's another point that I that I like bringing up is not for the sake of Larry Fitzgerald, I feel bad for him. But how about the modern-day answer to Barry Sanders being Larry Fitzgerald? Do you feel bad for him when you look at a guy like that and you say, this is arguably the second-greatest wide receiver of the modern era, and yet his career is going to be flushed down the toilet? You know, he almost caught the – almost was the Super Bowl hero, except that Roethlisberger and Santonio Holmes go down the field on him. That being said, this guy's going to put up. He's going to put. He is. He has put up humongous numbers. But do you feel like his career is just going to is just going down the tubes no. at the hand of John Skelton, Kevin Cobb, no, no, his career Matt Liner? You can't rest. say career. His well, career he had is, Kurt Warner it, for two years. Yeah, and his that's career it. is not going down the tube as much as this season is working its way down the tube. No, his, because but that team is bad and has it, been since it, he's been there, it, except it for that, that one year. But you know, I always no, feel they like, won. They won back to back NFC West titles. Down to yeah. NFC West is was. Junk. They would they, they go beat, eight and eight that year. That wasn't yeah. like they were a good team. They, they went beat, to the Super Bowl. They beat the Packers in the playoffs the next year after the Super Bowl, and they lost in the Saints Bounty Bowl. Do you? Do, do, oh wow! Oh, but that's yeah. not a good team, though. I mean, that's a, the, they're like, in the second round of the playoffs. They were eight they, and eight the year they went to the Super Bowl. They, were they weren't a good seven. team. A nine Dave, and seven. How much, whatever how much value do you put into free agency, and how much value do you put into? The, the, the draft, because I do believe, and I've seen it happen, and you're looking at it happen right now, how a one draft pick can change the entire landscape sure. of, of a season. And for Michael, uh, excuse me, for Larry Fitzgerald, that could be, he could be just one, one guy away. All right, yes. One player can make a difference. What about that? I mean, this is 
I feel like maybe this would probably, if we looked up last year at this time, there'd be a lot of coaches on the hot seat and a lot of big-name coaches out there to be had. I guess that's been true the last couple of years with Gruden, Cower, and beyond. But now Sean Payton's name is out there, maybe as, a, as an option. I would expect the Cowboys to take a run at him. Right. Andy Reid may be out there on the market. North Turner may be losing his gig. We'll see what happens with all this. What do you think about Akbar? Chip Kelly, that prolific offense up in Oregon, what happens to him? Some, You know teams are going to take a run at him in the NFL. Somebody's going to try and take him out of Oregon. If he does jump, what happens to him in his first year? Or two? He will revolutionize the way. And, I mean, he's he's going to take what is already a traditional league and he's going to blow it all up to pieces, and he's going to start a new trend. You know, just like the 3-4 defense, you know, it, it goes in a cycle, 4-3-3-4, but when the, the Patriots made it very popular and all the teams started to spread, he's going to take that highly explosive, spread-out offense. It's already a spread. He's the spread mm-hmm. of the spread. So when you look at Chip Kelly's offense, I mean, it is just – and I was at that SC-Oregon game, so I can tell you that that – You weren't that, watching San Diego State beat Boise State? Let's see. Why Why would you – you know, I was watching it on my phone. How about oh, okay. that? Yeah, I was watching it on my phone. Um, but I, I couldn't get down. That gas is too high. But when you look at what he can do, I, I think he can have the same type of success that Jim Harbaugh had coming out of his first year. He brought something totally new using multiple, multiple uh, sets and formations to be able to create production. That's what he did at Stanford. He carried that same recipe. Actually, before Stanford, he did it at USD. So he did it at the University of San Diego. He did it at Stanford and carried it over to the Niners, and it worked. Chip Kelly has that same blueprint. All right, Akbar. Uh, it should be noted Tampa Bay had a deal with Chip Kelly, and he backed out at the last second. That's how they ended up with Shiano. Is that right? I don't that remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They so, you, you know, it's funny, Akbar, because I asked this very question of Heath Evans and Willie McGinnis, also former NFLers, hey, as what you they know. Say? Heath, uh, Willie McGinnis was uh, indecisive on it. Heath Evans said he would get embarrassed. No, no, no. You, see, you know why? He because said Chip Kelly you, would I, get I, embarrassed. No, let me tell you why. Because Heath Evans is old school. He's from the older. He, see, I'm right in between old school and the new trend guys. You're raising the kids up now. The youth football isn't playing smash mouth football. Everybody's going to the spread. Everybody wants to be the star receiver. Everybody wants to be Larry Fitzgerald. So when you see that, these same exact guys are the guys you just drafted a year or two ago. So when they see Chip Kelly, trust me, in that locker room, they're praying that a Chip Kelly comes off them because they get tired of the same old agenda and politics like uh, like Adam Ranks is doing for fantasy football you know I mean I'm just I'm just joking. but no but they get tired of the same type of play calling North Turner's offense predictable I've seen we've seen it now for how many years now we've seen him do it in the 80s the 90s and now I mean you know what he's going to do it hasn't changed what Chip Kelly's doing he's he's changing the entire offense he's he's making a new trend Akbar Baja Biamela good luck in the uh this uh fantasy Who president for I don't know. Well, I feel like right now. Just you tell know me what? Who you're for. You know what? It's not a good idea to talk about religion and politics. Okay, this is fantasy politics. So you, you already said religion and politics. If I share so- my vote, if I tell you which way I lean, just the same thing as voting for president. Half the audience. So, but you see how indeci- you see how indecisive you are right now. Yeah. That's exactly because you're under pressure. That's exactly what Michael feel- Vick feels like in the pocket. Indecisive. Well, I don't. know. But if I really do this, you can't make a sharp decision. But now, under duress, tell me. 
who are you going to vote for? This is why, look, as I stand up over you. I might the, go third party. I might go, I'm not scared of you. I mean, who you think I am? I'm not afraid trying. of anything. He's the fantasy bully. I'm, I'm not a fantasy bully. Everybody, 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 every, because it's true. This is why people are like, hey, you're, you're looking great, Rank. You've dropped a lot of weight. Why? What do you attribute to this? It's like, because Akbar threatens me every day. <laughs> I have to be in tip-top shape. I gotta be. I have to be ready to go at a moment's notice. This is how Hoffa got things done, though. He sent out his brawn to, to make it so. Now listen I tried, to me, Akbar. You know, I tried the two of us to run as a ticket, and no, he wouldn't have it. Akbar, listen to me. I'm yeah. a fan of yours. I appreciate. I it. like you. You're gonna vote for me. I don't know how it's gonna go because I have to sit next to. Rank. Are you, are, do you understand? You, are you, are do you understand the difficult position are, I'm in? Are you going to vote? I'll I'll cast my vote. That's all I can promise. Go to fantasy. Excuse me. Go to NFL.com forward slash fantasy prez. P R E Z. Hey, ask ask Sean Phillips who taught him his sack move. Oh, all right. Yeah, Sean Phillips, who taught you your sack move? All right. Yeah, and you know what? Your comparisons to uh, Damashek and Vic are apt. We have a lot in common. We're both southpaws. We both only throw fastballs. That's the thing. I mean, Neither one of us understands. Of wrist. We don't understand under, touch. That's the thing. The, we both we both are speed demons. You know what else was a good comparison too is what? Akbar to Marcus Vick as the embarrassing little brother to the highly decorated. No, older no, no, brother. no. I had a more. Even though my career is nowhere near in comparison to my brother, I mean he's the all-time sack leader in Green Bay. But I, no, you can't even compare Marcus and I <laughs> together. Well, I mean, I had a far better career than Marcus did. I mean, and, and I was in trouble. And, I just think, and I, I didn't miss out on meetings. I just think the Baja Biamilla family is happy that Twitter wasn't around when uh, when Akbar was uh, or or when KGB was in the league. That KGB is the all time sack leader for the Pack. Huh? That's right. Yeah, he's the all time sack. Leader. How close is uh, is Clay Matthews getting already? Mm, he's he's still got some time. Kabir's like in the seventies. I think Clay Matthews. He might have, what, 50 or something? I mean, 20 sacks? I mean, hmm. yeah. Interesting. All yeah. right. Well, uh, Akbar, a pleasure. And you see, Heath Evans going against your opinion is interesting. I've, ten- I've said it to Black Tie before. I don't know when he's going to do it. This is a TV show. Black Tie, make it so. We're, ju- we're, just, in- we're just in totally different – we're in different generations. He's got an old school mentality, and I'm closer to the new school He mentality. was a fullback, so of course he's going to say. We could ca- Here's the name of the show. Instead of Inside Out, we could call it, uh, we could call it Three Bald Guys and Damashek's Luscious Head of Hair. How about that? That's horrible. That's well, we'll fit. We'll work it out. That's horrible. Akbar scram. I'll cast right. my vote, and that's all I'll say on the vote subject. for Akbar. All right, there he goes. The great coming Akbar. On my, Bo- uh, not my show, but coming on your show. It's offensive. It's a. It, it is an outrage. Like it's a slap I in the face. I didn't even want to talk about it. Like I'm willing to let the fantasy live stuff be on the other side. Like I don't want. I don't feel that a lot. I mean, I'm sure we have some crossover of people who watch Fantasy Live and also listen to this show. And to those people, I say thank you very much. It's appreciated. But, you know, I don't want to bring in the politics of that show. I this see. Is the, Damashek, the Dave Damashek football program stands it, on its own. It's Switzerland. This is what we talk about. We're Switzerland in Inside Studio out, 66. Yes. yes. All right, so that ends Inside Out. And now stepping into Studio 66 are two pals from around the league. They do the debate club on the second podcast of each week. I encourage you, nay, demand that you check it out it's dan hanzoos and mark sessler what's the poop fellas you do have a luscious head of hair by the thank way thank you i mean i mean it's listen is it what it was a decade ago no it's not but i still think there's some 19 year olds out there that covet it and can i can i also say and rank we're all proud of you the weight loss i, I envy how well you're doing with this but i will say you really shoehorn that reference in, of your weight loss into that Akbar conversation just now shoehorned it yeah maybe a little bit. <laughs> okay, fair point. 
I just oh, think rank has to be I'm careful. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> There's something that you see happen with a lot of women when they lose weight. You know, they, they, they were going 210. Then they got down to 180, so they're proud of their new figure. So they start wearing two-piece <laughs> bikinis. Listen, just because you weigh less doesn't mean that you're now thin. You're, you may be thinner, but you're still not thin. I feel that Careful I've, with I've, your wardrobe. <laughs> I've said this about uh, Rex Ryan. It's like you still weigh 250 pounds. Like no matter – congratulations, you've lost a lot of weight. I, get, I say the same thing to people all the time who are very complimentary, and I appreciate it. But you're like, I'm still obese. Like I yes. get it. I still need to – and also, I'm still not there. The other thing is too is that you know, I, I mean, that your words are say one thing, but your actions. You should see rank before we do the fantasy live show, prancing about in his underpants <laughs> <laughs> for Prancy. all the world to see. Look at me, everybody. That's Let his me point. have my moment. He puts his. T- he just puts on one of his skinny ties. You see, you, know, you guys have a locker room underpants. That you yeah, we have. A, it's it's a pro- it's an actual locker room. I don't know? use it. I'm out in the hallway. <laughs> Just all right. Now, hand Zeus. I mentioned that um, uh, the, on the debate club, which I which I do sincerely enjoy each week. At the it's at the uh, like I say, it's on the second podcast here on uh, Dave Damashek football program. Make sure you check it out. Hand Zeus, you brought up something interesting on the mm-hmm. last one, which is your 25. percent This is this is uh, something to yap about. It it, it makes sense on uh, election day here. You have a 25%er. Now, right. Romney has his 45%. You have 25%. Explain yourself. Well, I, I feel at this stage, let's say three weeks ago, it seemed the NFL landscape was wide open in terms of what could happen in January. But I feel like the, over the last two weeks specifically, um, we're really starting to see some order restored where I, I'm convinced, and Mark Sessler isn't as convinced, but he likes the theory as well, that there's only eight teams that, w- that could be involved with the Super Bowl at this Ooh, point. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. So Imagine if you listen to it, you could get a lot of pearls. <laughs> really? Frank doesn't <laughs> like listening to the this debate isn't club. New, right? I don't know why. He's in the gym. <laughs> I only try to listen to the debate club. <laughs> Too busy prancing. Um, so, I don't know. Do you want me to go over the, the, my list? My go leader? ahead. I didn't, I didn't like some of the specifics, to be honest with you, but I thought <laughs> it's fine. an interesting idea. <laughs> who, are your, who are in hold your on, 25 percenters? We have a pen. I want to make sure. Who could actually get into the – so you're, this isn't who's going to make the play. This is who could win the Super Bowl. Right. I like this conversation. The, obviously, right. these teams are all in the playoffs, but I, I don't think anyone is going to sneak into this group, okay, um, with two exceptions, actually. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> so it's but all, that ruins the theory. So, so it's already up to 10 ahead. teams. All right, anyway, so we got Patriots, Ravens, Texans, Broncos, Giants, Packers, Falcons, and Niners. Now, there's no, there's no, there's nothing sexy about those choices. I know they're all leading Giants, their division. Giants, Packers, 49ers, and brass tacks. I like it. I, you know, listen, there are some nice stories out there. The Colts are a fun story. The Dolphins are a fun story. Seahawks. Right. Cute tale, Very but cute. listen. Did you have the Bears? Are they there? winning a Super Bowl? No. The Bears so, aren't going to this. Well, that's, let's break it down. Let's yeah. start right there. Chicago Bears weren't on your list. They can't win the Super Bowl. No, I I think the Chicago Bears are. They're the only team in the NFC that would possibly have a shot to get through those other teams, those other four teams. But they're not going to beat both of those teams. So I don't think there's good. Who are as, your four from the NFC again? I'm sorry, the Giants, the Packers, the, the 49ers? Yeah, the Giants, the Packers, the Falcons, and the Niners. The Falcons, okay. All right, let me, start with, let me start by saying this, and then, Rank, you jump in. I say that I think the Bears could conceivably, if things broke just so, they could win the Super Bowl. However... I'm inclined to agree with you, Hanzoos, because for for one reason, 
The idea that that defense, what a, it's a historic defense scoring on these all these points. Who, who, you know, Brian Urlacher doesn't think that can continue. Nobody thinks that can continue. They're, right. they're not going to, the defense isn't going to continue to put 14 or 21 points on the board week after week. That's going to go away. What they better do is, or, or, the guy who better do something about that is Jay Cutler. Did you see his ball that he threw to Brandon Marshall for a touchdown? 50 yards in the air, flick of a wrist, and it was a rope up the sideline, and those DBs were helpless. Usually the DBs can recover. The phenomenon is physics are say that as the ball's in the air and it's in its descent, usually that's the makeup time for the DB to, to make a play on the ball. It was, I mean, it was just beyond them. There are two or three QBs legitimately who have the arm to make that toss in you know Aaron Rodgers um Stafford Flacco yeah probably Stafford yeah I mean so maybe there are a couple guys but I mean this thing was a bullet and you could tell you can see there's a quality with Aaron Rodgers throws that the DBs are always stunned by like whoa I I was trying to make a play on that that got there faster than I thought that phenomenon happened with those DBs like whoa whoa, oh wow just he just threw it right over our heads and there's nothing we could do about it but yes the defense is good I say the Packers are going to beat them a second time, and that leaves very little wiggle room for the Bears. They're going to have to do a lot to to not lose that division because that'll put the Packers one game back, and then Bears lose one more along the way. Packers take that division. I think also what Dan Dan isn't discounting that Chicago potentially wins the division. We've seen Lovey Smith's teams right, do fine, this, right. you know. But I think that, and and I don't think it's outrageous that Green Bay sneaks in as a wild card or and turns it on at the right time. I will say this about the Bears, because I think three four weeks ago we had the conversation, does anyone here buy them? And none of us really bought, bought into them at that point. They are looking like a different team on, on some fronts. I, Lovey Smith got them to a Super Bowl before with a lesser team. with, with A lesser quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, Cutler, it's hard to fall in love with Cutler, but they are improved at that position. They're improved on offense. Did you see them play that Titans game? I mean, the Titans are a bad team, but... What more can you do to be a dominant club? Kristen well, Cavallari two- didn't find it hard to fall in love with Jay Cutler. Oh, Ooh, right. very so I, I typically don't follow her lead in life. Well, you know, sure. You, maybe sure you should. But rank, your yeah, retort. Hey. Do you want to – Rank's the only one who wants to Bears, uh, no. support this Bears team. No, the Go Bears ahead. very legitimate. I mean, two years ago – Or when I guess Sessler's with you to some Two degree. years ago, they were in the NFC Championship game. Right. A lot more competitive than people are giving them credit for, apparently, because Caleb Haney was playing there in the second half, and a B.J. Raji interception return was pretty much the game there. So now you got Jay Cutler, who's a little bit better. you got Brandon Marshall. Now, that offense is a lot better. Who can make plays? Agreed. I, I don't understand why you would discount because the Bears are a better team than the Falcons. That's I would take the Bears over the Falcons. I would probably take the Bears over maybe the 49ers too. I mean, and the Giants. I think the Bears, if they're not the best team in the NFC, they're second behind Green Bay. I think Boy, it's those that, two teams. What, what is fun about this conversation is exactly that. Let's hope – again – Good for you, Seahawks. I hope you make the playoffs. It's a fun. I love Seattle. I, I was talking on Twitter about that. Uh, you know, having a laugh. It's the Seahawks being ranked ahead in the around the league power rankings that the Seahawks are rated ahead of the Ravens and Steelers. To me, that's a little laughable. So, uh, for a team that can't win a game on the road, except the, if they're playing the Carolina Panthers, that team's better than the Ravens and Steelers. Flawed though they both are. All right. That's fine. That's the one. That Bears or the NFC one that I thought was a questionable one, Hansus, for you to omit. Mm-hmm. What if – go ahead. No, what if uh, – God, 
But the, what I was going to say is fun is if we can get those. Tampa Bay may sneak into the playoffs or Seattle. <laughs> fine. Let's just hope they lose in the first round. I, no offense to your fan bases. It's fun. Look, I, I like I like when the heavyweights wage war in the in, in January. That's what I like to see. I, underdog stories are nice when they happen once in a while. But let me see the juggernaut slug it out. I want to see the heavyweights go. And if it's Bears and Niners, Packers and Falcons, ooh la and la. <laughs> that would be terrific. Now, quickly, I'm sorry because time is short and Sean Phillips is coming in or uh, phoning in in just a second. What about the Pittsburgh Steelers? What about them doesn't impress you at this point? Dan Hanzoos, I'll start with you. Well, to me, they are the AFC version of the Bears right now. They're the team. You know, I love Chuck Strong. It's a great story. The Colts. But that's all that is. is like a fun little story. Maybe they'll. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. I, everybody in America hopes they make the playoffs. Other outs, But they're not going to win the yeah, Super Bowl. Outside the Pats, Ravens, Texans, and Broncos, the only team in the AFC that can conceivably go through those four teams and win two to three games is the Steelers. I don't think they can, though. I don't think they're going to be able to get through two or three of those teams. So they're close to that group, but I think they're just outside. Devil's advocate is this. Devil's Damashek. They the, the Steelers beat Kansas City. The Ravens take care of business against the, the weak sister. They play this week. I can't think of who it is, but it's somebody that – oh, the Raiders. Um, then, they, then they do battle in Heinz Field on Sunday night. It's going to be a dandy, you figure. Steelers win that one and then go to Baltimore. This is a great – this is asking a lot. But if they were to win those games, the Steelers win that division. Why would you not expect – I assume that your assumption is is that the Ravens take one of those two and the Steelers are a wild card and then they have a really tough road to hoe. I think the Ravens are a 12-win team. I think the Steelers could be an 11-win team. I think they're both very good. I think the Ravens are a little bit better. Let me just tell you one thing, and I know one person in this room understands it, and it's Mark Sessler, a.k.a. a Cleveland Browns fan. Right. A.k.a. The difference is, and we saw it again on Sunday in the Meadowlands, number seven. That's it. Injuries, injuries, <laughs> more injuries. Bad calls against them. No one knows what. Terrible, terrible decision-making by Mike Tomlin on the fake field goal at the goal line. All these things. Doesn't matter. Why? Big Ben Roethlisberger, statistically, fantasy-wise, however you want to couch it. Offensive player of the year? No. Most valuable player in the NFL? Oh, yes. He is a winner, and we've seen it. I also think we saw it in Cleveland, to be honest, where Baltimore was not the old Ravens against Cleveland. I mean, it just something is missing on that team. They're six and two. Is that right? Six and two at the point. Yes. I don't see them as a twelve-win team. I, I I can see them winning the division, but I think the two teams, Steelers, Ravens, moving in different directions. Pittsburgh had that issue with the run game. They suddenly have like a stable of backs that are kind of interesting. Big Ben is who he it's is. It's about the offensive line. It's well, a, the, the individual right. runners are, are are interesting, different pieces, different skill sets. But it's that offensive line for however they're doing it is coming together, boy. Defense and imagine if they had David DeCastro in there. That defense is still number one. We we want to write off the Steelers' defense as aging and oh, vanishing, right. but that's closer to where the Ravens are. I don't think they're going to stay as bad as they are. The difference slow, is the, the practical difference has been for the Steelers a couple of things. Will no Johnson, Palomalo. the emergence of him at the fullback. Troy Palomalo, yes, the gambler. If he comes back, they are going to be better. There's a, there, there is no, mm-hmm. I mean, for his gambling, they're still going to be better defensively. The, the other practical difference, 
Keenan Lewis. Now, this might be a little inside for the for the national audience, but Keenan Lewis, their second corner now, has really emerged as the superior cover guy to Ike Taylor, who's still no slouch, but is uh, they're picking on him quite a bit this year. All right, fellas, listen, I hate to cut it short, but we have Sean Phillips on the line. You understand? He's a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a pecking order. You're not Before at the that, top though. of it. We'll you're not, the, we'll get, you're we'll not get, in our 25%, in other words. Before that, can I give a quick <laughs> shout-out? No, you can't no, give a shout-out. We we'll get your shout-out after Sean Phillips. We're cutting Jeez. off Hanzoos and Sessler. Mark Sessler, you track him down, at Mark, spelled with a C, Sessler, NFL. That's why we call him Mr. Fancy Pants, because he feels he has to self-validate by putting, <laughs> Wait the, a minute. By, by okay. putting the three letters after Outrageous. his name. And Dan Hanzoos, a man of the people, not unlike myself. Just regular old H-A-N-Z-U-S, Dan Hansis. That's how you get him at, uh, at Twitter. Fellas, a pleasure. We'll listen for the, uh, for the big uh, debate club later in the week. See for now, later. though, I bid you good day. All right, Rank. The bums are gone. Now it's time to focus on an all-pro linebacker here. Mm-hmm. You can track him down on the Twitter, at SeanPhillips95 from the San Diego Chargers. Sean Phillips, what's the poop, fella? <laughs> what's up, guys? How's it going? Pretty good. It's uh, it's election day, like I say, and I see you're on the Twitter as you usually are. You're always uh, right. I think one of the more entertaining uh, NFL related tweeters this side of Marcus Vick, at least. Here's what Sean <laughs> Phillips just tweeted out moments ago. I just finished voting for myself. Hopefully, I'm your next president. My first issue is to make hating a misdemeanor. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like where your head's at. Very I positive. I don't know if uh, if I should be the one to break this to you, but you're not old enough to be president. Oh, uh, that's right. I you got to be 35. Well, we need to work on that then. I need. <laughs> well, give me a couple of years then, so that means I can run in the next election. Yes, yes, we have something to strive for. This is a campaign I think I can get behind, though. Hey, you should. <laughs> Sean Phillips, here's a question for you, delivered to us by our colleague and your former teammate, Akbar Baja Biamila. He says, uh, Sean Phillips... Who did you learn your sack move from? Uh, my sack move came from my grandmother. She was a big bowler, so it's kind of like my tribute to her when I do it. You know, we just got to do it more often. I need to get a couple of turkeys in the game so I can. Uh, I'll come up with an even better one if I can get three sacks. <laughs> I like it. Well, all right. Well, sort of congratulations. The Chargers came out of the gate, or you had that nice little run there, at least, where things were looking good for you. You're right there in the mix in the AFC West with a game against the Broncos coming up next week. In the meantime, though, you're on your way out to Tampa Bay for this Sunday's game. Hey, you've been watching Doug Martin. What do you make of what's going on there? I think Doug Martin's a stud, and they're a good football team. So uh, it's going to be another challenge. The one thing about the NFL is every week it's a new challenge, and it's a new obstacle that you have to overcome. And every win that you get in this league is very important. So no matter if the team was 0-6 or 6-0 and or, or whatever you have it may be, it's hard to get wins in this league. And this is going to be another one of those fun games that we need to win. You need to win every football game, but the reality is you can't win every football game. But the thing about us is we prepare to win every football game, and we're going down to Tampa Bay to play against a good team, a good running back, a couple good receivers, good quarterback. And uh, it's going to be one of those exciting games with that. Uh, I don't know if you would call it a playoff-type atmosphere, but uh, we put ourselves back against the wall, so we have to come out and, and play A games. The margin of error is that much smaller now. Well, it's not. Listen, I, of course, it wouldn't be appropriate for you to be passing this along during the game to Doug Martin since you'll be playing against him. But you're a clever guy. He doesn't like his current nickname, Muscle Hamster. Do you have a better one for him? 
no, I try not to. I try not to give guys nicknames. They got to come up with his own. But muscle hamsters are a little funny. Like I'm trying to understand where they get it from. You know what I mean? So do they call them MH or something like that? Maybe you can abbreviate it. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, but I disagree with you philosophically. Any good nickname isn't create isn't self created. It's got to be imposed on you. And if you don't like it, too bad. Well, our job is to not let him beat a muscle hamster because I'm pretty sure he, he's been on fire lately, you know, back-to-back 200-yard games. So our job is to – we need to change it somehow. It needs to not be muscle hamster because that means he's doing too – that means he's doing good if they get to call him that during the game. So uh, we got to put a – we got to see what we can do. Did you watch them play on Sunday? Because obviously you guys were off because you beat Kansas City on Thursday. So on Sunday, were you watching the game? And what what goes through your mind when you're watching a running back – putting up numbers like that, especially when you have to play them the next week? Uh, for me personally, I, I look forward to it. I mean, we play this game for the competition part of it, you know. So he's obviously one of the better running backs in this league right now, even though it's his first year. But you look forward to that challenge. You embrace that challenge because if you don't want to, then you shouldn't be playing this game. The reason I started playing football is because I'm competitive and, and I'm a little violent. So that's the only place you can go compete against people and uh, release some frustration and anger and a little bit of violence on people. All right. We talk about uh, your uh, your entertaining tweets. Last night, uh, Monday Night Football, you said everybody gets mad at Vic, but he gets killed every time he drops back to pass. We were talking with Akbar about this just a little while ago. What do you think there? If you're the head coach of Philly, are you making a change to the rookie Nick Foles? How much do you put it on, on Vic? Is it the O-line? Is it, is it the situation, the coaching staff? What, what do you make of it? I mean, I don't know what's going on in uh, someone else's house. It's hard to, you know, I got to worry about what's going on in my house. It's hard to worry about what's going on in someone else's house. But, I, I mean, it's a combination of things. You know, guys got to block better. Um, they got to get rid of the ball sometimes. Sometimes the coach got to come up with better protections. Like, and that's the thing about it. It's a little bit of everything. It take, that's why football is the ultimate team sport because it's 11 guys. All need to be on the same page and in harmony every single play. All right, let's you talk. Never know what play is going to be the difference? All right, let's talk about the guy who's doing the cooking in your uh, in your house there. Well, actually, literally, I know you do a little cooking. I want to talk to you about that. But let's talk about figuratively the guy who's the chef, Phil Rivers. A lot of talk last year wasn't his year, and then this year there's talk. Maybe there's something wrong with his arm. He's not throwing the deep ball as well. You're in that house. What's going on there? Is is that all hooey and applesauce or what? I mean, bottom line is just we, we prepare to win football games. Sometimes we don't win. Other teams are good as well. Philip has to go out there and make plays. No one's more hard no one's more hard on him than himself. You know, that's why he's our leader and, and we still believe in him. Like it's not like he's out there and we're oh and eight, you know, we're four and four, one game out of first place and it's a long season. It's a marathon and we're gonna keep out we're gonna keep out there and and chopping at the bit and chopping at the bit, and we'll see where it takes us. But I'm not, I'm not going to stop believing in Phillip until it's completely over because I know what type of work that he puts in. I know what type of guy that he is, and I know what type of football player he is, and he wants to win. So he's going to go out there and give us his all. We just got to go out there and, and, and give our all as well and keep giving him a chance, whether we're creating turnovers or whether we got to score on defense. It's still a team game. It's not just about Phillip. Even though he's the quarterback and it mostly falls back on him, it's still a team game. How distracting is that? Because we talk about the Philadelphia situation. It seems like everybody has an opinion. And even you guys down in San Diego, everybody seems to have an opinion about the coach, the quarterback. For you, how distracting is it? Is it a, is it a distraction at all for you? 
It's only a distraction if you let it be a distraction. I've been here long enough to understand that uh, blocking out the outside noise is one thing that you have to do because of the fact that, like, reporters or fans, like, none of those guys are literally in our locker room or in our team meeting because once the team, once the door closed to the team meeting, it's just us. And we all we got, we know what goes on in our house and we know how we prepare and we know what we put into it on and off the field. So all we got to do is continue to go out there and do what we do best. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's about what we do. Other teams are going to do what they do and we're going to do what we do. So no one from the outside could, uh, could possibly know what's going on, but they can have an opinion. Everyone has to have an opinion and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So, but again, as as a player, we have to always block that out because if we let that in, then our house will be a disaster. All right, Sean Phillips, here's the big question. San Diego Chargers, those glorious powder blues with the black numbers on the side of the white hats, those are not exactly what you wear now. You wore the navy blue hats with the navy jerseys. Now you have that sort of hybrid deal with the plain white hats, navy blue jerseys with some powder blue mixed in. What's the best one? Or the Dan Fouts era, gold pants, royal blue hats. I I would have to say I like the the all white with the black number on the side of it. The ones we were in Kent War, Kansas City, uh, for the I guess fiftieth, twentieth, or thirtieth, or fiftieth anniversary, whatever that was. But those those are my favorite out of all of them. Sean Phillips. Congratulations, you're 100% right. That is the best uniform. That's a, You're exactly right. What are we going to do about the current ones, though? I don't like the navy blue pants with that. It just doesn't look right. I mean, I wish we could have navy blue helmets back as well and just hmm. go all navy blue. Hmm. But we had a couple games I thought we looked good with the all white on, uh, the, yes. even with the new hybrid uniforms. We are all white with the white helmets, but we can't go all blue and have white helmets, you know? We look like the jack-in-the-box man. So, <laughs> <laughs> True enough. Yeah, that doesn't look. That wouldn't look right at all. Those are those decisions I don't get to make. So uh, the jersey don't make the football player though. So, but we're, it would be good to look sweet out there because my thing is, if you look good, you feel good, you play good. You and me both. I'm the uniform monitor after all. I want you to look your best there. Black number, if nothing else, black number on the side of the hat, fella. Convince the convince the people there that that's what you need. That's what really distinguished those as the coolest helmets was uh, were those numbers on there. Well, when I become president, I'll make that my second order of business to make sure everybody <laughs> has the right, the right color combination. All right. How, are, how is it that uh, you are a Lakers fan? I'm a Lakers fan. I grew up a, a Sixers fan because I'm being from Philly. You root mm-hmm. for your hometown team, and I still root for Philadelphia. But, uh, like, my rookie year, when I first started coming out here, I uh, was going to a lot of Laker games, so it just made me become a fan. The energy in the building, uh, having a guy like Kobe Bryant, who is from Philadelphia, and Shaq, and all those guys, it just made me a it just made me a believer, and I, I just became a Laker fan from there. So again, I still root for the Sixers, but I'm diehard Laker. All right, well, listen, if those are your two teams, who do you like if you're starting a team? Do you take Dwight Howard or Andrew Bynum? I'm taking Dwight. Are you taking Dwight? I think that's the right call. There. That is the right yeah, call. The one the Lakers made is obviously the right call. What happens if they go to the finals? I mean, I don't think Ooh. we have to worry about the 76ers, but is it Lakers or Philly? You never know. Bynum will help them out some, you know, but it's going to be tough to get over the heat. But I'm going to take the Lakers, though. I, I, got, I, I got to, you know, ever since – the Sixers got rid of Charles Barkley. That's when I kind of was on my decline of being a Sixer fan because he's one of the reasons I became a Sixer fan is having Charles Barkley and 
and Nolan Iverson. Once those guys left, for me, it was just hard to be a Sixers fan. So I slowly migrated over to L.A., and I'm, I pretty much stay out here. You know, I've had a place in L.A. for the last, you know, six or seven years. So I'm, I'm, I'm living on the West Coast now. I'm still an East Coast boy all the way, though. Okay, Sean, well, let me ask you this. Um, now, I'm from this area. I grew up a Lakers fan. You have to root for one of our bad teams. If you're going to take on the Lakers, you got to root for one of our black or one of our bad teams. Please tell me you root for the Padres just to even it out. Yeah, I do root for the Padres. I really do because I, again, I live here in San Diego, so I, I do. I love the Phillies and Padres are my other team. I pull for the Padres. Well, if they could spend a little money over there, maybe they can or keep a couple of the good players that they have, and maybe they can make some noise. But you know, those guys go out there and play. I go to a couple games a year and, and check those guys out. So, and I still wear my Padres jersey as well. Well, that's acceptable. Is there a better ballpark than Petco Park? Um, in San Diego. Um, Stop it. <laughs> that goes nice. I see that they're moving the walls in to see if we can generate some more runs and make the field a little shorter. But I just like it because it looks like it's a part of downtown. You know, like you you ride past, you just see like, oh, uh, a baseball field. Wow, I'll be there. <laughs> hey, uh, Sean Phillips, our uh, our prolific uh, booker here, Stacy, tells us that uh, you make your own cheese. Is this true? I have in the past. I haven't done it in a while, though. But I uh, had a, a good friend in um, Wisconsin, Joe Widmeyer, who helped me uh, come up with my own like flavor of cheese and Ooh. and and let it uh, and pretty much put it together for me. You know, so I actually went and had some cheese last night. So I wouldn't say I'm a cheese maker, but I helped. Uh, I've, I've helped make a cheese, I should say. What a thing! I mean, if I could have that, Sean Phillips. If I could say at the end of my days, there's a cheese that I created, that would be it for me. I would ask for nothing more. That's more than I could ever ask for. Good for you. What is but the best? Go ahead. You can't have a cheese without making a wine. So if you're going to make a cheese, you got to make a wine. Oh, as well. I like where your head's like at, Sean Phillips. Let's get together sooner rather than later. But last question then, best kind of cheese? Best kind of cheese? I'm more of like that age, like... Uh, Aged cheese, more like a blue cheese in that area. But my favorite, favorite of all time is burrata. But like as far as flavors and stuff, I like that aged, uh, really fungus, stinky, blue type cheese somewhere in that area. Wow. I'll tell you what, Sean Phillips, you and me, birds of the same feather. I'll tell you that. And it's no wonder you're born from the you were born on the east side of the Keystone State. I'm from the right side of Pennsylvania, a.k.a. the left side, Pittsburgh, PA. (laughs) Either way, the good state is what you're from. The only place where we split hairs is uh, you went to Purdue. I went to Indiana University. Oh, boy. I don't know if that's a good thing. but I guess we're Not for you in basketball. Indiana. Now that college basketball yeah. season's here, it's not a good thing for you. It's definitely not. I see you guys ranked number one, but I watched you guys a lot last year. You guys, you guys have a good team. Yes, thank you. Sean Phillips, you have a good team. Continued su- success to you and to uh, your Bolts there. Looking forward to seeing how things uh, go down in the Mile High City the week after next, a, uh, a game that very well may decide that AFC West. Thanks so much for the time, man. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. The great Sean Phillips. And delightful Sean Phillips at that. You know what? The only thing I forgot to ask him was he tweeted out, being cool has its perks. Mm -hmm. I wish we could ask them because I would love to know what what they are. We spent too much time on it. There's no cool going on in Studio 66. No, no, no.
We yeah. spent too much time talking football. We needed to be yeah. more more into the Chiefs. I, you know, and the why. I feel He's, like I have to ask those questions. You know, mm-hmm. people say you can't just do silly. You know, it's I don't think silly. it's silly. He's well, a man. Sean Phillips He's is a, a man. He's a human being. I want to know what he thinks about things. I can open the Union Tribune, their website at least, and find out his his thoughts on football and stuff. Is Bernie Wilson or Kevin Acey getting down to the business of the cheese, of him making in his own wine, what he feels about Petco Park or the Lakers? No. That's the stuff people want to know. It makes the guy interesting. Well, first of all, a couple of things. He and I agree on the uniforms for the Chargers. I think that's an easy one. Most people agree that right. the, black num- the, the black numbers on the white hats. And, but, the, but the other one that deserves some consideration is the Dan Fouts era. The royal blue hats with the gold pants were pretty nifty. Those, those, those get slept on a little bit too much. Those are pretty good. Though they were good. Maybe I'm I get caught up in it because John Jefferson was a cool wide receiver. And you and see some uh, West Chandler. The white jerseys were better because with the gold pants works a little bit better. That's a great list that I've worked on in the past, and I'm happy to bring it back and update it. I'm not above bringing back uh, stuff I've already done. Movies, yes. appear, jerseys, football jerseys, or athletic jerseys that appear in movies, and I think one of the best ones ever, West Chandler's. Number 89, was it, or 83? I think it was 89. Well, John Jefferson was 83. No, I'm sorry, John Jefferson. Wes Chandler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. We- John Jefferson was 83. So, yeah, so 89. Chandler was 89. Yeah. I think. Wes Chandler's number 89 on the back of Danielson in Karate Kid. He huh. wore it inside the um, – it was the blue one, which they rarely wore. They liked the, they were like the Dallas Cowboys. Right. They wore their home. white at home. And I like I have to explain that to you. The royal blue, though, that he wore that eighty nine. It's when he's in the shower curtain mm-hmm. when, for Halloween when right. he takes it, later in that uh, later that night he takes a severe beating at the hands right. of Johnny and the rest of uh, the Cobra Kai's until Miyagi uh, <laughs> saves him in the nick of time. In the nick of time, but who the knows po- what would have happened? I don't know. I mean, you know what? I don't, I don't think I want to find out either for poor Daniel son. Anyway, that's a great list. Of jerseys that appear in movies. You know what one of my personal favorite is as a Steeler fan? In at the beginning of To Live and Die in LA, mm-hmm. Will P, uh, Bill Peterson, the star of the movie, who spoiler alert, gets shot by oh, a shotgun in the locker room in the face. It's a shocker. At the end of the movie, all of a sudden, like, wait a second, was that the star of the movie who just got killed? It's crazy. You didn't see that very often. <sighs> Don't sigh. I think the statute of limitations no. is, is gone. But um, I will say that uh, the, so at the beginning of that picture, Bill Peterson is wearing a white Steelers number 52. He's wearing a Webster. Mike Webster. He's going Mike Webster. Where did they even get that? Where did where they're shooting to live and die in L.A.? Yeah, let's put him in a in a in a road Steelers jersey of the center. I love that one. That's one of right? my personal favorites. Well, you got to figure somebody who was involved with the making of the film was a huge Steelers fan and, Probably. and snuck that in. Probably like that. true. And, um, oh, speaking of that, our old pal David Feeney, who's now working on Ben and Kate, just got in a T-shirt from Backpage Press, our pal Corey over at Backpage Press. Right. Who designs? Who's designed T-shirts for us in the past? You can get your Czech Republic. You can get your rank amateur T-shirts there. I encourage you, nay, demand that you go and do that. And Corey and everybody at Backpage Press is ready to make a new one for this podcast, specific to not specific to me or rank, but to the podcast at large. So uh, weigh in, uh, tweet us your answers there at Adam Rank at da- at Damashek. Sean Phillips. Two things quickly. One. 
he hit the nail on the head. Blue cheese is the best of all cheeses. Mm -hmm. And two, rank you are ridiculous. Petco Park, is there a better park? How about in the, or we, let's just talk NL West. It's maybe what's, the worst one in the NL West. Why, what's what's better? San Francisco, mm. Dodger Stadium. Dodger, that's ridiculous. That's not ridiculous. That's one of the, right, that that's is, the end of the That is one of the most insane things I've ever heard. That's, Dodger that, that's Stadium. That's one of the most insane Dodgers, things you've ever heard. Dodger Stadium is one of the worst ballparks. No. That, it that, is that it is, is terrible to get in and out of. Well, that's true. It's so antiquated and outdated. All right. Well, and it's not it's not kitsch antiquated like Wrigley Field no, or Fenway it Park. Is. Yes, it's it is. terrible. It is. It's just oh, not it's the same awful. era of retro. No, it's not, it, no, no. You could Wrigley not be more wrong. Wrigley and Fenway are uh, first half of the 20th century. Dodger Park is quintessentially late 60s. Ugh. It has that vibe to it. Terrible. All right, listen. Especially enough if you're in about the upper deck. The, not, oh. Forget about America's former national pastime. That's not what we're talking about. Let's talk to an expatriate from England. He's back. He went to his homeland. He went and watched that game over there a couple weeks ago. But at long last, he's back. Look who it is, everybody. It's Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. What a pleasure to see your face again. It's great to be back, Dave. Thank you very much sure. for having me. I, I was worried. I, I, I had a tr hard time getting back in the country. I didn't know if you were going to let me back in here, but the doors opened. Thank you. Why? I we know were. you had some visa issues. What? Did, are there some felonies in your no, past that no, we're not aware no, of, or what? Well, not that I'm aware of either. No, they um, they just held on to the passport. I think Superstorm Sandy, best name for a superstorm ever, <laughs> um, uh, held up something. So I, I had to wait a couple of days. Superstorm DeBrickishaw, for the record, would have been better. Would have been Although better. probably would have been bad given the region that it hit in. That probably people would have turned more against turned the against Jets right. in that case. That wouldn't be good. Yep. So I thought we were going to have to pull like the plot from Argo. And we were going to have to fake like we were moving and uh, uh, faking that we were making a movie in England and get Hank back. Bring me back. <laughs> I, I appreciate the thought that went into that, Adam. <laughs> we planned for it. A, a more poorly thought out sequel to a successful <laughs> original yeah. than um, than uh, uh, the the drunk movie. I can't think of the Hangover Two. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well done, movie. well delivered, Damashek. So, <laughs> all right, handsome enough. Recollections of uh, your trip to London? Was it great to get back there, catch up with uh, with the kin and so on? It was fun. I, yeah, I managed to see you know family and friends and all that stuff. And then it was just great having the teams um, in town. The Rams were in in London for the whole week, and there were just there were a few really cool moments. The um, they got off the plane. And Coach Fisher decided that the best thing for them to do would be, you know, no, you don't want to go to your hotel room, fall asleep on the bed. You need to get outside, get active. So the whole team turned up to Regent's Park, which is in the center of London, and did a Play 60 event with like 500 school kids who couldn't have cared less about, you know, had no idea who <laughs> Sam Bradford was or whatever. They loved Greg Zerline. They, they just wanted to see Greg the leg. Well, of course, yeah. Um, you know, that made sense to them. So all the players were out there. They're having a great time. One group, you know, they were in different groups. One group, the receivers were, were, were put with, um, with some kids, and they were asked to catch the ball. The kids were asked to catch the ball and then do an end zone dance. And after about four of them, the receivers, I was just watching them. They were like, 
these kids have some moves. They 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 got some some dances that they wanted to incorporate. <laughs> oh, next generation, next yeah. generation. England takes over the NFL. <laughs> well, at least the end zone dances. But unfortunately, the Rams didn't have an opportunity to show off any end zone dances. So <laughs> they had one chance. They got, they, well, they had one chance, but they they that was the game itself. Um, was not a thrill. You know what? The thing that's a bummer about that game is that the Patriots smoked the Rams right. and curmudgeon Belichick decides to not uh, to, to fly the team in at the last possible minute, business, all this and that. Yeah. I get it. If I'm a Patriots fan, I'm cool with it that they get out of there with a the victory and everything. But it's a shame because it, because then it just makes it right. uh, for future coaches. What model are they going to follow? Exactly. Obviously, the and team then, that went up, that used it and took advantage and got into the spirit of the event and everything, or the team that flies in. Whoa, it's another road trip for us. What's the right. difference between this or going to Seattle? And his <laughs> his press Creep. conference when he arrived, Belichick. You know, the press conference was scheduled. For, I think they arrived at like seven a.m. British time, which is who knows what time two a.m. Uh, on the East Coast, so he had a press conference scheduled for 9 a.m. and the first question was from a you know eager British journalist wanted to break the ice a little bit with the with the famous Bill Belichick and he said so how was it flying in here and Belichick deadpanned we've flown before that was all he said what fun oh. what a great time yeah heaven forbid it be any. Yeah. There be an ounce of a drip of fun, Coach Belichick. Yeah. Hey, can't argue with the results because you have, oh yeah, you have no Super Bowl rings in the last eight years. Well <laughs> done. All right. Anyway, that's nitpicking. That's not nitpicking. That's not. That's we'll talk about a conversation for another time. That's not nitpicking. Time is short. But if you want to get into this again for the umpteenth time, we can. That team that hasn't won Super Bowls. That and you know what? Except they've won three with that that coach and that quarterback. All right. To their to to their credit, it does seem at least this season that they understand that the smoke and mirrors of success in the regular season not translating when it counts. They need to be able to run the ball against good defenses. That's what they're going to need to do, and so at least they're doing that. Let's talk about a team that has a real chance, I think, of taking them down in the in the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins. I think. You that, think? Well, I mean, you know, listen, the Dolphins. Do I? I well, let me. Let me. I I stumbled on that because I, as it came out of my mouth, I don't believe that. Had they won one more than they have right now, right. then yes, they could have, and I, they certainly they should have beaten the Jets. What were that? I'm trying to think of that. The they Jets, could have beaten the, the Col- they could have won that Colts two, game. Like, could have right, won the, the Colts, Colts game, game this past but, uh, week. Although although I think they were closer to being able to beat the Jets and Cardinals when they lost to those two teams yeah. in the season. A little bit like your Steelers against the Raiders. I think you know there, there'll be some games that both those teams will look back on and go, "Wow, that cost us either a shot at the playoffs or a shot at winning a division." Do you now think, as a Dolphins fan, was that uh, optimistic, though you may be? And listen, I was worried about Joe Philbin coming into the year, his demeanor. I thought, you know, he has personal tragedy. This is not a great, you know, it's Mm -hmm. probably his head's not in it. And look at them now. They're they're in the mix, at least for the playoffs. Do you think losing to the Colts, who's likely to be their direct rival for that, uh, for one of those two wildcard seeds, is this a bad bad loss for them that they can't overcome. I think it'll be I think it'll be the one they look back on and go if we if we'd won that game we would have made a wild card berth but I I don't think they I I don't think they're that team yet. Rank, who are your wild cards in the AFC? Colts have to be considered in there. Well, I sure, think. they have to be considered. Do you like them? Do you like the, who, the, the Steelers and Ravens are Steelers, probably going to yeah. be battle. One of those teams. Bengals maybe can sneak, nah. can, can, can 
come back. They're not, not completely out of it yet. Well, they, what, they not feeling four in a row, Three in a row, four in a row, the Bengals? Yeah. I, I mean, it's the look. Marvin Lewis, man. He he is incapable. He's had some seasons, but the thing that he has not been able to do in his long stretch there in Cincy is back-to-back seasons. He's ne- I mean, he just is incapable of doing it for whatever reason. It's a weird thing. That would be a good question for Inside Out, but uh, yes. we'll have to save that one for a future episode. Mm. But if uh, I had to pick a team, I'd pick the Colts. Colts, and then you think this, they, uh, the Steelers, obviously, the or consolation the prize yeah. for Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Well, make your call. Who's going to get? Who's going to win that division? The AFC North. It's going to be the Steelers. You think so? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that. I think, like Handsome says, I think the losses to the Titans and Raiders offset to some degree, though they are by winning at Cincy in a big, you know, under the lights in prime time, and then winning well, at a, the Giants. Well, Those kind of offset two right. crummy losses. They have a bye yeah. this week, and then they play the Ravens. So no, that helps yo, them out. the Chiefs. Yeah, we're calling that. Uh, don't say that because that's a trap game. The Chiefs oh, should have beaten the Ravens. Chiefs should have beaten the Ravens. I don't like it. Handsome. Go ahead. Uh, I just uh, we've we've just posted on NFL.com. You, sh- you can go and visit a mid-season report. So everyone, mm-hmm. including I believe you two guys, went back through uh, early in the season. You guys predicted MVPs, players of the year, and then division champions, all that stuff. I keep seeing, I, and I've just um, had a quick look through it this morning. People pick still picking the Ravens to make the Super Bowl, and I'm from what I've seen of them, the injured Ravens now over the last three weeks. I'm like, how could you possibly do that? That mm. doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. I I don't think I think the Steelers will win that division. Well, I mean, it's going to come down to those. And I, I was going to say it's going to come down to those head to heads. But I don't. I, the Steelers could even win the one at home. But if they lose that, then the Ravens mm-hmm. still have the trump card. So it's it, it's going to. Be, I, I mean, my instinct is that the Steelers are not going to ever be able to completely overcome those losses in terms of where they're seeded in the playoffs. Right. Those losses at Tennessee and Oakland were just were just rubbish both. All right, now listen, handsome, you're back from England. You promised us a gift of some sort, and I see Thank you have a bag in your hand. It's not wrapped very nicely. I didn't it's a wrap it. I'm not a I'm actually, plastic I bag I from a grocery store. Things. But what I've come back with, we've t- we've talked before about. Um, Potato chips or crisps, um, as, as I, I like. It. I love how you say potato. Um, well, I wanted to say that um, <laughs> because here in America, you guys, uh, there's a lot of things you do incredibly well, and, uh, and I'm here, right? So I, I like it. Obviously, you like our football but, more than you like your football. Oh, That's a hundred times. I don't. I don't even. Whatever. But what you guys haven't yet got, and I really want to help you out with this, and I, I'm I'm willing to do whatever I can, is um, uh, the flavors for chips, crisps. Um, so I've brought a sampling along. Wonderful. Um, and I want you to try some. I'm excited so to do this. So these are my gifts to you. Prawn cocktail. Ah, so what- I saw you tweet out a picture of prawn cocktail. Shrimp flavored okay. crisps. Wait, by the way, crisp, what about the tapatio chips? Have you tried those yet? I don't know. I've, I don't even yeah. know what that is. I don't know what that tapatio. is. Tapatio. Tapatio. That's the tapatio hot sauce on a potato crisp. Oh, oh, oh. that yeah. would be neat. Oh, that's nice. There's a saying in the world, okay, I, I think it goes across culture, which is don't judge a book by its cover. There's also a saying much less well-known. Nobody don't reads books anymore. Don't judge a packet of crisps, chips, by their flavor. I want you to try one of these because it sounds disgusting, but I believe you're going to enjoy these. Open it up. I mean, I feel me like we're think. starting at a, Adam, at a pretty high Adam, level here with going, you. jumping Thai, right in. Thai sweet, sweet chili. chili. All right. Thai sweet chili chips. I feel like Rank wins that one. I don't want to eat. I want, this is going to be delicious. What do you think? What's your first I thought? I want you to have one. I want wait, you to I got a Thai sweet no, chili. Wait, we'll, we'll try, try them simultaneously. Oh, for crying out loud. 
prawn crisp. Prawn cocktail crisps. I gotta try one more to make sure. See, that's the sign that you like them. You know what? Fantastic nice vinegar to them. I like them very okay. much. Okay, ranks there grabbing for right. So, so, so you like one diet? Cocktail. Here, mark the market. Election day, twenty twelve, is the day Rank voted to go back to being fat. Good for you, Rank. <laughs> I was looking at the uh, you and Drew Carey. You They're and Drew no Carey both. You both took your run at being thin. It doesn't work for everybody. Go back. That's okay, how we so love Thai you. sweet chili. Let's just try those quick. Um, wow, these I, like these I think you're going to enjoy. What is this? It says that don't the no one reads energy seven twenty kjs. I don't. No one reads. I don't that. know what that means. Um, bacon, just straight up bacon. You don't have. You, I mean, America loves bacon, but Can doesn't I tell you have bacon chips yet. I like the Thai sweet chili even better. Okay, and I and that's not. And you same. really like those? I did. Yeah. Okay, bacon. Adam, I've got for you. These are interesting. These are called cheese. There's a cheese flavor. They're called quavers. quavers. Smoky bacon now. Yep. Quavers. I better have some prawn cocktail. Oh. Oh, goodness. These are good. They are, Smoky bacon. I'll tell you. You can smoke anything, mm-hmm. and it tastes good. You know? Any kind of fish, you make smoked fish. You make smoked pork, smoked beef, smoked chicken. It all tastes delicious. Try these quavers. I'm not quite as sold on these. We've done really well. The prawns grape. I like this them. Thai chili, Thai sweet chili is excellent. Okay, here we go. Dude, these the are weird. One. These aren't even proper yeah, they're, chips. They're these are like Fritos. Right. Well, and, we and if, Fritos. if you call these, I think those are weird. I've got a packet of hula hoops here, barbecue beef flavored hula hoops. Now these are what you're supposed to do is put these on your fingers. Yeah. They're round. Don't tell them about hula hoops. If they don't know about hula hoops, they don't deserve to know about hula hoops. Oh, the- international black tie back there. Here it comes. The quavers are good, but they're more like they're, they're a che- blend between like Fritos, like I say, and and uh, Cheetos. Kind of, right. they have that consistency. They're spongy, kind of. They're good. They hula taste hoops. good, but black I don't tie, count. I've got a packet for you: salt and vinegar, straight up. All right, hula that's hoops. for you. Barbecue beef. They don't fit flavor. on my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not built for the the big sausage like American finger. finger. Yeah. I don't like don't the hula like hoops. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, they just taste like kind of chocolatey. They're barbecue right. beef, but they. I, I don't like them that much either. They taste kind of like soup or something. And let's try these as well. Salt and Bully. vinegar. It's straight That's up. my favorite. That's, I mean, though, you're gonna love those. That's always my favorite. Salt so, and vinegar. Salt, salt and vinegar. Always my favorite. Let me, let me try this one, then I'll give you my f- official rankings. Hundred percent British potatoes is what yeah. these were made with there. No American potatoes in there. Wait, those are good. All right, my official rankings. Rank. Tell me what you think. I'm going Thai sweet chili number one. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going with the. Believe it or not, I'm going with the smoked bacon. That's number not two. Unbelievable. I was going to say, uh, yeah, and then the prawn cocktail. That's it. Those are my top me, three. That's your award one. stand there. Let me try that another one. Oh, you didn't prawns. try? Yeah, you've had I'm a couple try other one. Yeah. Black tie, you're not going to come in and taste these? Well, I wasn't offered any except I, salt and vinegar. Ah, uh, I will, but we need to wrap the show. Right? Okay, well, we black tie, real quick, what's your shout out? Shout out this week, I was going to go with something uh, election election based, but uh, those jobs are done by people who volunteer and want to do those jobs. So shout out to them for doing a great job. My shout out this week is going to go to the guy who walks the sniffing dog. <laughs> 
at uh, bomb sites. <laughs> so you'll walk in the dog who's going to sniff out the bombs. <laughs> and, I mean, it's not cool because you're not part of the bomb squad. No, yeah, you're really, you, you you're could the lackey, die. Yeah, you're, you're the lackey of, of this little beast. Yeah. yeah, you could die. And plus, if you know, if you do find the bomb, the credit goes to the dog, not you. <laughs> And you have so. to carry those plastic bags. What happens if the dog won't, you know, needs to... Yeah, it's, so it's, uh, black it's pretty tie. not great all around. Best one yet, black tie. I like that one. I often, I often say, if you were from another planet, and you descended here to planet Earth, and you saw two creatures, two different species walking, and one was carrying the, uh, the fecal matter of another, you would say that the one in charge, the master, is the one who's having his, uh, his stuff carried, not the right. one. <laughs> it's a weird thing. What goes on in our society? All right, listen. <laughs> Handsome Hank, the show's better for having you, as well as our bellies are better now for having all these delicious British chips. Delicious. Congratulations really good. to the first annual Thai Sweet Chili Chip, our, uh, our official English uh, crisp off. And, uh, and I like that one. All right. So we've accomplished a great deal today. I think a lot. So much. Too much even. This is too much for one show. Um, are we doing another one? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do another okay, one good. later in the week. Yeah, well, later in the week. Sure. We're, we're, we got one coming up. Real quick, it's number four. Who's the player who wore number four best? Or not, not best. Who wore it most or most infamously? This one's an easy answer for me. Let me know if I'm missing anybody. I'm going Brett Favre for, in, the, in the good name of Green Bay Packers fans. I'm not going to stand for it. He right. betrayed them. And I don't, I, you know, call me a sucker. I don't stand for it. If it, Forget Minnesota fans. I don't know how Vikings fans could ever cheer for Brett Favre after he did so much to them over Wait the course of his career. Wait a minute. I would do it. Oh, I would. If Joe yeah. Montana came and replaced Dieter Brock, I would have rooted for him. I did it. That skunk. Good for you, right? Good for you. I would have been all. I would have had a. I would have had a sixteen Rams jersey. I would have bought it the first GD day. Good for you, Rank. Good for you. I'm happy for you. You're doing very well in the uh, the Dieter Brock drops. All right. Now, power rankings available at NFL.com by the hand of our pal Elliot Harrison. Wait, so be on the lookout for those. Not the alternative rankings by Adam Rank? No. Well, I wasn't talking about those. I was oh, talking man. about the ones by Elliot Harrison. That's one of uh, Hank's sneaky favorite columns. Is it? It's true. Yeah. And are you voting, Handsome Hank, before we wrap it up? Are you voting in this uh, hokum, this uh, oh, fantasy don't. president thing? No. I, I have voted. You have voted. Oh, and, nice. who, actually, and for I, whom actually, did you vote? I created an attack ad. I saw that. So, <laughs> I oh, so you voted for Akbar. I support the, I support the third party candidate, well, Michael he Fabiano. A, He's the yeah. guru. Isn't he the guru? He's you the know dictator what? of fantasy. Talk about He's an attack. The whole thing's an attack. I'm writing him in. <laughs> I did like how Akbar, you know, he had to bring in Handsome Hank to kind of sway favor. I do. You know, I, it, it doesn't go unnoticed. <laughs> that was the honorable thing, though, to vote for the third party there. You don't have to just vote for yourself. Best wishes to you with that rank. Uh, Handsome, oh, a pleasure to see you again. Sean Phillips, a swell fella, as was foretold to us, and he yes. delivered. He was a delight, and he's a smart guy. Blue cheese, his favorite of all the cheeses. It's the best cheese. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, so in the uh, Around the League, guys, and uh, we'll be back with another episode later in the week. Black Tie, terrific shout-out. Your best one yet. We've be back with more Huey and Applesauce later tell, on. i got to tell Black Tie story in the next episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. All-timer. Consider the appetite wet. All right, we'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 